This podcast is brought to you by Rode Microphones, providing premium audio products at an accessible price, enabling people from around the world to achieve their creative goals. With mics for studio, video recording, and podcasting, you're bound to find the mic you need. To find out more, visit Rode.com. Hello and welcome to the Soundworks Collection interview series. My name is Michael Coleman and this week we are featuring the 2016 Mix Magazine Presents Sound for Film event hosted at Sony Picture Studios in Culver City. This event focused on a theme of the emerging of art, technique, and tools. In this week's episode we are featuring re-recording mixer Gary Bourgeois who delivered the keynote speech to open the special film sound event. Gary's list of credits ranges from the music documentaries early in his career to Pretty in Pink, Back to School, Ghostbusters 2, Benny and June, Dolores Claiborne, and a host of major film credits through the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and on to present day. He has mixed a variety of television productions, from series to made-for-TV movies. Stay tuned for additional exclusive panel discussions that we'll be featuring on the podcast from this year's Mix Magazine Presents Sound for Film event. I hope you enjoy. And now I'd like to introduce um, our keynote speaker. I'm not, you, it's funny introducing people today. You can find out more on your phones than what I can say as, as we're talking. So um, he's been in the CAS for life. He's a lifer, I think, right? Every, every job, everywhere, every how. Um, and through a, you know, he goes back to a, a Pretty in Pink and things like this I read or something, correct? I mean, you know, you know mixing films. But the, the, the real attraction here is that Gary Bourgeois has mixed in probably every format you could find. He's uh, distributed every format you can find. He's uh, mixed in film and television. And so when we came up with the idea this year that we're seeing these art forms and these technologies merge, um, Gary's a logical and perfect choice. He's a, he's a, a leading-edge technologist, loves to mix on new formats. I just found out that he's mixing all over the world now and, and in different cultures. So he's got a, an interesting perspective about how this is all coming together. So, without further ado, and let's get this going. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Bourgeois. I'm not used to being in this room and looking uh, on this angle. I'm used to looking at that angle, so I'm not sure if the other angle might be better, but anyway. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the CAS and Mix Magazine's annual audio showcase. Uh, first of all, obviously, thank you to both Mark Ilano and Tom Kenny for inviting me to speak today. Here we are in one of the most spectacular audio facilities in the world. We are here by the good graces of Mr. Tom McCarthy, one of our most ardent supporters. Thank you, Tom, so very much for accommodating us once again. I think we should make it, you know, all the time. The studios here at Sony represent what I would like to address today as part of my subject. One might look at such an impressive facility and think that it has been designed to cater to the clientele in every way possible. And it has. But what underlies is a platform for an equal balance of what is needed on a technical level and what is needed on an artistic level to make the talent herein feel that they are in an environment that is conducive to stretching the limits of storytelling. It is that very storytelling that the content providers have as a product. 
We are here to support the writers and directors in their imaginary worlds, both real and unreal. In the past, I would fairly consistently refer to the director as the driving force of a given project. As broadcast and other newer forms of delivery have come to the forefront, it is quite often the writer who has is also the showrunner and as such has the power of the director. It is not just the director that's running the show anymore. The originators of the material quite often now have the opportunity to work with us directly and are now more aware of what we bring to the table as artists. This has enabled them to be able to incorporate a new understanding of what is available as new techniques in the audio arena. We gain greater respect, we gain greater respect as artists in this way and must continuously build that relationship by exposing them to the newest and best ways to be creative in audio. These are very exciting times for us to be involved in our craft on every level. I've been doing this all my life. Uh, and I've seen so many different phases and cycles and stages. There is more going on now than ever before. It really is an exciting time to be involved. We now embrace so many formats to immerse the audience in our world. It is incumbent on all of us to bring our newest tools and techniques to the table so that our co-creatives understand what is new and possible to advance their storytelling in unique and eye-opening ways. So many new delivery systems are now in place and audiences everywhere experience our product in so many different ways. Game audio and audio for live streaming are major markets that are very niche for most audio experts. Specialists abound in certain fields and I am so glad that craftspeople are attracted to these markets and have found whole careers within them. Actually, going back to how diverse this uh, community is now, is that at one point, I think you could easily say that I've done everything in audio. It's impossible to say that now. Um, specialists abound, and I'm so glad that craftspeople are attracted, as I said. These are completely different disciplines, and yet the cinematics used in game audio cross over into our world, too. What wonderful hybrids, and those methods keep changing all the time. A while ago, I was asked to mix material for Amazon that would play on YouTube. I asked if I should therefore mix with my Mac speakers as a reference. Yes, they said. But many people will also be using their earbuds. Oh, said I, that makes it easy. <laughs> uh, the challenges of the new world. One of the greatest challenges is knowing if the rooms we are in, in actually translate to the end user's experience. One of our topics today will endeavor to deal with that dilemma, and I respect those engineers who have to contort rooms to fulfill multiple roles. The Sony family are developing a VR room at this time because Tom is astute enough to realize that facilities like this have to address the future and help develop standards for the newest technologies.
With that in mind, I would like to take a side trip for a moment and say thank you to one of the most important people in sound at this time. He works here at Sony and his name is Brian Vessa. When Brian first started considering standards for deliverables, he was met with a great deal of pushback from many of the creatives, that means the mixers, in the sound community. It took us all a while before we came to realize that Brian's heart was always in the right place and that what he ultimately cared about most was that our product play well in all subsequent formats and platforms. I think many of us changed our techniques and became far better craftspeople because of him. It is so important that all our newest formats going forward have standards that cross various environments. Take another side trip. This morning when at breakfast, uh, I was listening to a discussion between people who came here uh, simply to understand the VR world a little bit better. And one of the uh, points that were brought up was that um, there's no serious standards set and everything is a big experiment, which I completely understand. But at the same time, we also have to keep in mind at all times that standards will make it easier for crosstalk in the future and for everybody to get a, a better uh, final product. This is what must be considered as a high profile subject as it has been proven that our off-standard practices have wildly negative consequences. Thanks, Brian, from many people all around the industry. I don't think Brian's here today, but I feel like we all owe him a great deal. He wrote the book for a lot of studios around town. Uh, as previously mentioned, I have the great opportunity to mix in numerous different countries and with diverse cultures also. Not only do we have to consider the new delivery systems, but also the wide variety of end user. My experiences abroad have opened my eyes to how many different ways there are to connect with audiences and how differently they see things. Another side note that I hadn't planned on, but there are certain cultures that hear things differently than we do. There are certain cultures that have to express things that we're not used to expressing. And this is something that, having worked in those environments, I bring back to my sensitivity when I'm working with clients here. It's really opened my eyes. Uh, it is now, uh, it, what is enlightening is how both parties learn from each other. And that is the very best way to have the client realize that we are artists with sound and have the ability to experiment with a lot of tools in new ways. These experiences enable us to find the best way to reach the audience and fulfill the intent of the director writer. For instance, during spotting sessions, a sound designer can expose opportunities for use of Dolby Atmos or other formats that enable a great soundscape. At the mix stage, a director will be able to experience the results of those applications, inevitably leading to an enthusiasm to continue experimenting with what may be greater possibilities. This is prime education time with clients. Realize that. 
One of the things I have realized during my travels abroad, or even between here and the valley, is that each project has its own workflow. And no longer is there a set approach to that structure. Not only do editors and sound designers work differently, but so do the mixers now. There is a wider diversity in workflows now more than ever. Some people still do pre-dubs, some don't at all. Because of those differences, I find that it is now more important to have a post-production pre-meeting with the head of post to discuss the most comfortable and efficient method of workflow for each of the disciplines involved, sound editorial, music department, and mix department, etc. I will become specific here for a moment. If a mixer no longer pre-dubs, but simply attacks the mix with all the tracks supplied and requires the music to be delivered at the same time, but the post-super still scheduled the score session during the time that was traditionally allotted to the pre-dubs, we have a hitch in the schedule. These are the new workflow specifics that must now be addressed. There should no longer be an assumption as to the structure of post, given the differing methods of how people use the newest technologies. I see here in the Cary Grant that there is a lovely new S6. I'm jealous, it's a beautiful board. Uh, since I have worked on that console extensively, I know for a fact that my whole structure of a mix has changed completely. I'm glad to see Sony has once again embraced the newest technologies for the excellent, talented artists that call this facility home. Home? Did I say home? I don't know too many people that can say that phrase any longer. For a vast number of us, parachuting into editorial facilities or mixed stages or scoring rooms all over the city or all over the world has become second nature. The facility engineer has become most valuable as our guide to using an unknown facility. We must now constantly find the most efficient way to use our newest tools in those unfamiliar surroundings. This is a philosophy that the production crews are all too familiar with. And my hat's off to all the production mixers and boom operators that deal with a new environment daily. I have found that with the tightened schedules all around, the most consistent operators have been the production crews, who inevitably continue to give us great, if not better than ever, audio from the set. My hat's off to you all. The go with what's available mentality has always been embraced by them, and we can now understand and relate to their plight. We in post must now do likewise and go as what is available. Thank goodness for people like Tom, who has supplied rooms with the best of the best in order to make those adjustments easier. Thank you. My hat's off also to the studio engineers that make the transitions to new environments seamless. They are the ones who have to understand virtually all the options and alternatives available and how to apply them with speed. Did I say virtually? <laughs> um, and they have to do that, as I said, with, with speed. It's, it's almost like um, putting up a, uh, 
a circus uh, or a concert venue every night for these guys. It's amazing what they do. I must say that having my dongle and my eye lock with me at all times hastens the setup time and process and guarantees my familiarity with my tools at hand. I will be most happy one day to have the same arrangement for not just the session setup, but also the board layouts. I just had to get that in. <laughs> Somehow I knew you would be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have people that, okay. Uh, <laughs> Today's program will follow a theme that Tom Kenny at Mix Magazine has rightfully found to be very cogent at this time. The second key event of the day, the first having been breakfast, is at 11 a.m. till 12 p.m. and it is called Sound Inspiration Within the Storytelling Process. The panelists include Mark Steckinger, Paul, Paula Fairfield, Ben Cook, Harry Cohen, and Paul Minicini. The moderator will be Carolyn Giardino. This will be about how some of our most creative sound designers go about thinking of their opportunities and also inspiring the filmmakers to apply those artistic audio juices. When I read that um, panel of names, I thought, I hope that the audience really appreciates and understands that this is a list of the best of the best. It is such an honor to be able to have these organizations call on such a high level of talent. Next on the event ticket between 1.30 and 2.30 will be the sound mixing panel. This will be a discussion on workflow for musicals in film and television. Glenn True will be moderating the panel consisting of Phil Palmer, David Klutz, Gary Raymond, and myself. From four till five, we have what I envision to be a very significant topic called building an immersive room, small, medium, and large. The moderator will be Jonathan Deans, and the panelists are Bill Johnston, Nathan Oishi, Jerry Steckling, Mark Binder, and Tom Brewer. This bunch have a really tough job these days. It is not easy to build rooms that are required to handle so many different formats and have them translate to so many platforms for distribution. From 6 p.m. till 7.15 will be our highly anticipated cocktail reception, followed by a great fun time featuring the Sound Reel Showcase until 10 p.m. Just enough time to be able to drive home safely. I would like to tell you about something that I thought might be meaningful at this time. A couple of months ago, I started conversing with an old colleague of mine who happens to be a writer-producer, of some note, I might add. She asked if I could explain what it is that I do. Exactly. Over the subsequent couple of weeks, I enlightened her as to what we do, how, and why. I solely went into detail about how we support the storytelling thread, and what tools we have at our disposal to be successful in that endeavor. The push and pull, the drawing the audience in and then springing the attack. It has been two months now and I have received a phone call after each film she has seen at the Academy. 
She is so eager to discuss the use of sound design in the films that she has seen, and now uses that new and enlightened information in her writing. She, as she now sees the value and possibilities to advance her story ideas. It is really great that as a group, we exchange so much information between ourselves. And we are all so passionate about what we do. Let's all commit to do the same with the producers and writers and directors that we meet. Let's not get boring and mundane and let the geek take over, but rather let those creatives see the passion we have for the process in order to help them create an even better product. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been so honored to be here to speak with you. Now, go immerse yourselves in creative geekdom and pass the new lessons along to others with passion. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this exclusive presentation from the 2016 Mix Magazine Sound for Film event. You can hear more conversations with sound designers, composers, and directors on the Soundworks Collection podcast on iTunes and streaming online at soundworkscollection.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Rode Microphones, for sponsoring this podcast series, providing premium audio products at an accessible price, enabling people from around the world to achieve their creative goals. With mics for studio, video recording, and podcasting, you're bound to find the mic you need. To find out more, visit Rode.com.